0: Block Talk Radio Fear
1: does not exist in this dojo doesn't
0: The majority of the city. We'll see you live from the great state of Texas, right here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Greg the Truth. The host of this show is the Black Belt, Mr. Fayaz. Thank everybody, for tuning in live tonight. If you want to give us a call, you can do so, 929-477-1077.
1: Don't
0: forget to follow us on Twitter, at MajorityMMA, and like us on Facebook. Facebook. How is it going? The weekend is over, but the majority decision is still on the air.
1: We never end, buddy. It's the weekend for us all the time.
0: We don't sleep. The party party never stops.
1: The party Never never, ever, 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 ever stops. We're here all the time. To talk about everything and everybody. And uh that's why it's the smiles that keep us going.
0: <laughs> it's, the it's the smiles. It's the smiles that drive us to fight through it's
1: the smiles technical and BJ Penn's left ear. Yeah. Yeah. Keep us going.
0: And Randy <laughs> Couture's right ear.
1: only his right ear because I don't even know if he still has a left ear. <laughs>
0: Well man, I'm a little under the weather, so I'm gonna fight through it. Um, but uh jump right into the uh today's card. We're gonna hit on a lot of other topics. If there's something that you want to talk about and you're listening, um, let us know. On Facebook or Twitter or however you can get a hold of us, smoke signal, or the kids do it these <laughs> days. But uh Flare gun was Flare gun Morse code. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm good with a flare gun, some Morse code. Switchboard operator. Don't a,
0: but don't use a Blackberry because apparently that's not cool anymore.
1: No, 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 don't use a Blackberry. What's a Blackberry?
0: That's a good question. So they had they had a fight. They had some fights today over in Croatia. They did. They called it a they UFC did. Fight Nine eighty six. And um uh, a lot of heavyweight fights on this card today, but uh, I got to say, just overall, um, really didn't get interesting until the top top couple of fights. Um not, not that there were bad fights, but uh, you know, it just kind of kind of came across to me as just another card. How'd you feel about it?
1: Yeah. That? You know what I? Uh, so I watched the prelims and the prelims came off strong man it was finish after finish and knockout and finish and it was uh, it was it was a good show the the main card opened up and uh you know whether you knew the guys you didn't know the guys uh they did you know they came out to fight um the croatian guys uh you know the hometown guys didn't seem to fare very well um a lot of those guys were losing you know, other than that, it was an okay card. You said, you know, it didn't really get interested to, the, to you know, the top few fights. And, uh, you know, I was disappointed in the main event. The co-main the event was pretty cool. I mean, that uh, that, that turned out to be uh, uh, nasty for uh, Gabe Gonzaga. But, uh, I mean, it was, uh, you know, overall, I guess if you're going to have a card and you're going to, you know, have one go through the daytime, why not that one?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it served its purpose. It was good. So let's talk about that co-main event. Um, give a shout-out to a Texas boy, Derek Lewis, getting the job yeah. done. against the very tough Gabriel Gonzaga. Did Did you feel like Gabriel – because Gabriel Gonzaga at one point had the fight on the ground, had him in yeah. full side control, and I kept. it seemed like the arm was isolated. I kept thinking he was going to try to go for a, a key lock or something. And maybe he let that one slip away. Uh, what do you think?
1: You know what? Uh, I think I have to agree with you. I don't know if uh, he just wasn't feeling comfortable, or he didn't feel like he could hold Lewis's explosive power down. You know, if he, uh, if he, you know, if he did go for it, I'm not sure where he went with it. I don't know what he was thinking. But you know, when Derek Lewis got up, it was obvious that. You know, Gabe Gonzaga didn't want to punch with that guy. He kept trying to tie him up, push him against the fence, do everything he had to do, you know, to, uh, you know, not engage. And I, it it didn't work out for him in the end.
0: No, it didn't. And, and Derek Lewis was, was uh, pretty impressive. I mean, I knew the guy could throw hard. And, uh, man, he almost sent Gonzaga's head into the first row. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. He, he
1: yeah. Right. yeah. He tasted one, and he just didn't want to do it anymore. So I'm not sure if he – you know, he spent most of that time – you know, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of weight. You know, you're leaning the guy that big up against the yeah. fence. You're trying to hold him. You're trying to take him down. You're Even if you're as big as Gabe Gonzaga – you're still wasting a lot of energy. I mean, it's still, it's still burning you up. And then once you've tasted that power, it was obvious he didn't want any more of it. And, you know, we all saw a lie in the end.
0: So good win for uh, Derek Lewis. who's trying to climb his way up, up the ladder. And, uh, you know, again, just want to give him a little bit of extra love He is a Texas guy. And, uh, has a pretty pretty neat little story, you know. Uh, mixed martial arts kind of uh, gave him a new direction in life, and and kind of pulled him away yeah. from the streets, and uh, you know, so so a pretty good story behind that guy. So kind of kind of for yeah, him up a little bit.
1: Definitely good for him, you know. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's important, you know. We we know a lot of a lot of instances where martial arts changed a lot of people's lives. And, you know, if that's uh, if that's a positive way to direct your energy, then you know, by all means, man. You know, all all uh, all props to Derek Lewis.
0: One of the things I do think that Gabriel Gonzaga did do for uh, Derek is, if anything, I think I hope that he can go back and look at the tape and realize that the closer that this guy gets to the top fifteen, top ten, he's going to have to get his ground game together. Uh, yes. The, the ground game that he currently has is uh, not championship level by any means.
1: No, not at all. If you, you look at the top guys; they can do it all. You know, they can wrestle. They got jujitsu, and they can stand up and fight. And you know, it's uh, you know a great a great right hand is only going to get you so far.
0: So let's hop into the the main event. And I got to tell you, I was disappointed. I was I, I was disappointed that Ben Rockwell didn't get it done. I was pulling for him. You know, we talked about it Friday. Four fights that he had won in a row, which to me, you know, puts him right there for a title shot, if not deserving to get one. He takes a very dangerous fight in Junior Dos Santos, so you got to give him all the credit in the world. But, man, it just seemed yeah. like Dos Santos was just a step ahead of him. The entire fight, and, man, did he land some heavy, heavy body shots. Uh, Dos Santos saw a great fight, man. He, he, he deserved to win that fight, and he, he did, clearly.
1: He did. He did. And you could see what Junior was doing, man. He was, You know, he knew Ben Roffle was a lot bigger than him. And, you know, Ben Roffle, at the end of the day, when you're that big, you know, whether you're, well, even if you're slower than the other guy, you've still got a puncher's chance. Right, he if he would have just connected one solid, you know, he could have knocked Junior out. So, you know, Junior fought a strategic fight. You know, stayed away from him. You know, you saw many instances where Ben Rothwell tried to rush him, push him against the cage, and uh, Dos Santos was out of there. I mean, uh, he was you know he he was out of there quicker than uh, you know Shaggy and Scooby-Doo trying to get away from the ghost. I mean, it was uh, he get out of there. He, he was out of there pretty fast. Ben Rafa looked flat-footed. He just didn't look like, you know, the way he's looked in the last... And I was rooting for him, and he just, he just didn't look like he looked in the last uh, few fights. You know,
0: I was thinking about, you know, what was the difference now between Dos Santos and the last handful of guys that... I mean, obviously, Dos Santos a former champ, so we know he's got... That level of skill Um, We know he's got Knockout power Um, But as I look down The list of guys that that Ben Rockwell Has defeated You know outside of Matt Mitrione and maybe Brandon Vera, who was just You know he's a light Heavyweight fighting at heavyweight Um,
1: Right right
0: Most of the you know Josh Barnett and Alistair Overeem Overeem's a, a high level Striker but he stands flat footed Josh Barnett's not known for his striking. He stands flat footed At Mitrione, he moves around a little bit. He got caught in choke. But here's Junior Dos Santos, who's got great head movement, great footwork. And Ben Rothwell's kind of known for his unorthodox style of footwork. But I think uh, yeah. just the head movement and the speed really just kept Ben Rothwell off, off his game. And another thing that I was surprised that we didn't see, was we didn't see even one attempt at a takedown from Rothwell, and I, and I felt no. like when he was when he was jumping in for his combinations, he was just throwing one or two punch combinations. I felt like maybe if he if he added a third or fourth punch to some of his combos, or maybe ended up with a kick, you know that he might yeah. he might have caught him. But man, he just it just never came together. I guess I don't know.
1: Ben Rothwell didn't even really open up all his tools to the fifth round. He started seeing some head kicks, some other kicks.
0: Exactly. He threw that
1: leg kick most of the round. And, you know, the whole time I was waiting for him, you know, there's, there's probably some times he, he might have landed that throughout the fight, but he got caught up in Junior Dos Santos' game. I think the difference was if you look at his last few opponents, they were all Ben Rothwell's size. So, so, so he was used to a guy being right there, right in front of him all the time. Yeah. And that's the only—that's yeah, the only thing I—I I could think of. You know, when you got a guy that big, they don't dance too much, right? But when you get your smaller yeah. heavyweights, right, and they know they can, you know, use the octagon to their advantage and run circles around you, they're probably going to do it. They're not going to stand in front of you and take a beating.
0: So with this win, I guess it's an interesting situation because you got Wardum and A fighting for the title. Um, should someone get injured, I guess I guess now Junior Dos Santos is the guy to step in, or at the very least, he's the guy that gets the winner, because who knows when Cain Velasquez is going to be back? Um, yeah. Do you think Ben Rothwell gets the sniff at an at an injury well, can-
1: replacement? Cain Velasquez, I guess, is already scheduled to fight Travis Brown.
0: Okay. I, I think you.
1: Yeah, so I think you'll see Dos Santos up in the uh, upper echelon there pretty soon. So I'm thinking if Cain wins and Fabricio wins, then they're going to give Cain another shot at the belt. Okay, and besides that, the only other way I could see it going down is, you know, if Kane gets injured again, then Dos Santos gets in there for the belt.
0: If Kane gets injured again, I mean, do did did they have to start thinking about shutting him down? I mean, gosh, that, that's
1: –
0: I don't know, man. That, that's a lot of injuries for a guy like that.
1: It's a lot of beating, man. Those guys put themselves through a lot, and he's been in a, he's had a lot of injuries. And if you notice, you know, every time he's lost his belt, it's because he just can't he just come back after a long, long, uh, long time off from being injured. So, uh, you know, you, you know, you root for that guy to stay healthy, man, because he's relentless. He's well rounded. He's a fun guy to watch fight. He keeps a super pace for being a heavyweight. I mean, it's a ridiculous pace that guy puts in for five rounds if the other guy makes it five rounds. And, you know, it's fun to watch him play it. And when he gets injured, I just know when he comes back, he's just not going to be himself. Let me jump
0: back to the, the Rothwell and uh, Del Santos fight because I, I, the eye poke kind of came into play. and I, and, and every time it happens, Always wonder, is there anything that the u f c can do to avoid that i mean there's really not now when you're when you're working on your stand up or or you're or you're sparring with someone, what is the difference I mean, maybe you can explain this because you've got a lot of experience on the mat, training people and whatnot I mean what's the difference? Why do guys open handed out? What's the difference between open an open hand paw or, or a at a at a parry versus a closed hand? I mean, why can't guys just close their hands? I don't get it.
1: Um, I think most just, I don't know. I I don't know why. I guess it is.
0: it's not that simple, right? I, I don't know.
1: I it's I, I mean it's kinda of like when you're wearing the gloves it's a little bit different. When you're wearing the gloves and you're like a full out martial artist, you're not you know, strictly a boxer or a kickboxer or something like that. You know, you you kind of try all aspects of it. Some guys keep their hands open just in case they get shot on, so it's easier for them to sprawl. I guess mm-hmm. I, I have no idea. Or some guys like to keep that hand out just to kind of mess with people. I, I don't know what it is, but uh, you get you get a lot of that. And some guys some guys like to just keep it open so that when they finally do throw a punch, when they do connect, you know they they close it up as quick as possible. Or maybe they got their hands open so they can reach in for a clinch. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but, you know, you, you have all different kinds, right? So, you know, that's worked for him. That's been working for him. I don't know, you know. I think he uses it to be deceptive, and uh, yeah. it's kind of backfired on him. I think he got frustrated. You know, he, he couldn't grab a hold of Junior Dos Santos and keep him anywhere for any more than, you know, two or three seconds and uh you know eventually that just got to him. I think it took him completely out of his game.
0: At least we didn't have to hear Joe Rogan go on a two minute diatribe about gloves and
1: about how it always happens and Yeah. And what what are we gonna do? Yeah, I know. it's uh yeah.
0: <laughs> The UFC's gotta do something. They've gotta do
1: something. Right. Well, I mean, you could, you know, it's they make a different type of glove, but I mean, you know, what it, I don't know. The, those gloves are designed for people to be able to clinch and things like that. I don't think it happens often enough for you to want to have to redesign the glove. I don't, I don't think it happens often enough. You know, unless you had open hand, you know, palm strikes or something like that, or, you know, it's just weird. I don't know. It's, it's a, it happens, it happens. What, you know, what else are you going to do? You know, it can happen if you were wearing a hand glove. You could get thumbed in the eye. It could happen either way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it happens in boxing on occasion. With yeah. The, with the thumb. So. Let's, um, let's take a look at uh, USC 197. We talked a little bit last week or maybe the week before. The last episode, and uh, if you didn't, if you didn't get a chance to download the last episode, we had uh, Tim Unglesby from Fox Sports 1340 in Las Vegas. But uh, I think maybe the show before that we talked about um, Dana Cormier pulling out of the fight against John Jones, which was the big, much anticipated rematch at UFC 197, and at the time I think the word was that they were going to just reschedule the fight. Well, now they're not going to say they're, they're not doing that, and Oban St. Preux is stepping in, and he's going to face John Jones. That's going to be for the interim UFC light heavyweight title. That's an interesting matchup for John Jones to me. Ovid St. Preux is a different kind of striker, I think, than, than Jones um, has fought. What do you make of that matchup? What do you make of the choice to go with the interim?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about the choice to go with the interim, but I do know that unless John Jones just shows up half asleep, he shouldn't lose that fight. Not to take anything away from Ovin St. Because the guy is a great athlete, right? He really is. But I don't think he's going to be as diverse, right, as as John Jones he's he's just, not, I mean, his striking is not going to be as diverse his, uh, if he ends up on the ground, which, I mean, he, he probably will at a certain point. We've all seen what happens to him when he hits the ground, you know, unless he's worked on that a whole lot more, we all know what's going to happen there. Too. I think John Jones has too many tools to beat him, but Ovin St. Pru is a, is a great athlete, and he does get better every time you see him, but I don't think he's I don't think he's ready for a guy like John Jones.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think John is just too too well rounded, and I think even if even if Saint Pro is able to kind of stay with him on his feet, um, you know, like you said, John Jones could probably get that fight to the ground and control it.
1: Um, yeah, Jones
0: is such a strong. He's such a strong guy, and. Yeah. That that strength really makes such a huge difference in a lot of the fights. Even even in the fight with Daniel Cormier, who's a world class kind of a wrestler, right? And and right. Jones' strength just kind of evens the, the the playing field, even though the technique, uh, you know, might be better.
1: So now now I will say this: John Jones is I think his toughest fight was, you know, Glover, Teixeira, or, yeah, what's his name, Alexander Gustafson. Alexander Gustafson, who is, you know, his size, his same kind of lankiness, his, that was a good yeah. fight. You know, Alexander yeah. Gustafson really took, put you know, really took Jones to the edge on that one. And that that might be, you know, that might be an edge there for OSP, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's, about he's about just as tall, so you know when you're not the taller fighter punching down at the other guy, then it's uh, you know how well do you utilize your tools? That's what that comes down to.
0: Yeah, I mean St. Bruce a big guy. He's six three. Um, he's got an eight, uh, an eighty inch reach. I want to say Jones has reached probably around eighty four. Yeah, um, so. to be similar in in length. Yeah. Absolutely. In height and, and size. It's an interesting fight I, Absolutely. I, I I don't I don't completely discount open St. Brew. He, he's, he's a hard puncher. Um he, he can finish fights. But John Jones is just I don't know man. He's a he's just a he's he, ridiculous. He's just like, yeah. He's just he's just I'm just gonna call him right? ridiculous I mean, Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just I don't I don't even know you know, if he's if he's the same guy he was when he left, I, I just I don't see it, man. I don't see how he can lose that fight. I don't see how he doesn't get his belt back, to be honest with you. So, you know, I hope you know, I hope it's a good fight and uh I hope OSP gets to test John Jones's chin and see what he's really made of. But, you know, unless unless John Jones just fights the most ridiculous, idiotic fight, I don't I don't see that fight going OSP's way. But don't bet on it. Don't bet on it. <laughs> it's just opinion, folks. Just opinion. Don't bet on it. I mean, I've seen uh, I've seen crazier things happen. I saw I saw Holly Holm winning around for four rounds. Was had what about two minutes to go in the fifth round, and Misha Tate choked her to sleep. So it, anything could happen anything can happen so uh, don't, I don't I wouldn't bet on it but I'm still going to take Jones in that one
0: Hey we saw um, Matt Serra knock out George St. Pierre
1: We saw Matt Serra knock out George St. Pierre we saw Chael Son develop the model to beat Anderson Silva and then and then give it up to him with two minutes to go via triangle choke with a fake tap, so I mean, you know, we've, we've we've seen some we've seen we've seen some crazy fights, man. We've seen some crazy fights. You got Henry Cejudo coming up, you know, Olympic gold medalist. He's going to fight Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. I don't know if uh, I don't, I don't know if Henry Cejudo can win that fight, but you know, it's uh, it's one of those deals where everybody says, well, he's an Olympic medalist and. You know, I think he's going to be able to, you know, do some things. You know, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if being an Olympic athlete anymore means that, you know, you're going to be great when you get inside the cage.
0: Yeah, I'm really interested to see that fight. Um, I think obviously the big question there is, can Cejudo get his hands on Mighty Mouse? Can he catch him? Yeah because Demetrius Johnson is an extremely fast guy. He he moves very quickly laterally forward and backwards. And yeah. he's got a good takedown defense, so um John, John he he's to me he's kind of one of those guys that for, for his division he just seems to be better than everybody else. And I don't yeah. think he gets enough credit really for how good he is and how yeah. dominant, or at least controlling, that he's been in that uh, in that flyweight division.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. It's just one of those deals. It's not that everybody's fighting's a complete bomb. He just gets better and better every fight. He just gets better and better. It's ridiculous. His technique is just. Uh, I mean, you can't top it, man. He can, he just he can do everything. He's good at. Everything and he moves so fast. On top of that, it's crazy. It's crazy. He's uh, he's a, he's a talented guy, and uh, I don't I don't know. Henry Cejudo also a talented guy, great athlete, great wrestler. It looks like uh, you know his stand ups getting better. I just I just don't know if he's going to be able to reach that point yet. Let's
0: see two hundred continues to get closer and closer. And as the card begins to round out uh, with some very good fights, two title fights on that card and two title fights that will not get top billing because Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz will go on last. Yeah. Um, That will be the second time, I think, and you probably, the Zufa-owned, UFC history That a tie, that the title fight does not Go on last um, I had a conversation with Tim while we were in Dallas And one of the things that he's been saying for the Past couple of years is that the UFC Is kind of uh, Working its way Away from The fundamental Things that are important In, um, in, in any Sport that has a championship And that is, yeah. we talked about this for. The title goes on last. It needs to go on last. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who else is on the card. The title yeah. being champion has to be the most important thing in your organization. If it's not, then take away the belts. Right. And, and just
1: take away the belts right and game. just give them give them giant cash prizes and make them fight for tournaments. You you know yeah. what I mean? You just yeah you know just just do that. Just to, I mean, let's, let's face it. You have an interim featherweight fight on that card, right? And the main event is the featherweight champion fighting two divisions up at 170. Just the fight at 170 because he's mad that he lost at 170 to, to the same guy. He should be defending that belt at 200. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's, that's strange to me. It's odd. You know, usually you don't do an interim unless somebody's out, injured, or something like that. But you're going to do an interim, and the champ is actually fighting on the same card, just in a different weight class. That's, uh, I think that's over the top. It's ridiculous to me. It does take away the importance of being the champion, and uh, that's, it's just not the way. It's not the way it should be done. You want to keep him in a five-round fight, then just make an exception and uh, put him third fight down. Yes, absolutely. I agree right there. Take the take the belt off of it. Make that yeah.
0: make that the fight, although Edgar fight for the for the real title, not for an interim. Um, yeah. The, you know, take we, it you, away. You, you can't just you can't just, you can't just value, you value the titles. But uh, anyway, right. that's going to do it for this edition of the Majority Decision. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back here Friday at ten o'clock right here on Raw Talk
1: Radio. We are soon. Yes,